Good morning, people. So, how are you guys holding up? Listen, I I am, fortunately, I am staying in a very calm-like, calm-like uh, attitude, keeping my um, inner peace strong and trying not to wallow or allow myself to really be dragged down into the spirit of fear and worry and doubt and all those low vibrational emotions. And um, don't get me wrong, I am concerned, very concerned, but I won't allow myself to just operate out of fear I just won't do it and so I pray that you guys are staying safe I pray that you're taking this time as like a big reset for your own life you know reevaluating what is working and what just hasn't been working and moving on from that um also Figuring out what do you want your life to look like and planning out a way to get there. Also, I'm praying that you guys are taking better care of your bodies and working on building your immune systems and not just doing that from a um, physical perspective but also from a spiritual perspective I know for me I've really been trying to work on staying consistent with my own spiritual practice lighting my incense um, journaling praying lighting my can candles sitting and just um, connecting with my ancestors and I really do think that you know this could be a time for us to really go back to the basics of what it means, of of what community means, and really looking out for each other. Um, going back to my roots, because you know I I do believe that I have roots in Africa as well as roots that are indigenous to this land. That my ancestors and and they were all about community you know tribes and making sure that everyone was okay and I think that you guys we have to really start doing that um those of you that got that are hoarding all of that toilet paper that <laughs> you probably really don't need or I'm not gonna say you I'm not gonna say you really don't need but someone that is your neighbor or someone else could be using why not offer it to them you know and also you know I've just for those of you who listen to my spiritual journey episode and where I shared with you guys at that time where I was in my spiritual journey. Um, I must say that as I've been 
you know, researching and praying and meditating, my views have definitely changed since then. And I, I'm going to share with it on a, a next episode. Um, but I do want to sit like before I share, I really want to sit with this new place that I'm in and really meditate on it and pray on it. So that way, when I do share with you guys, it is coming from a very honest, real place. And, um, all I can say is that at the end of that episode, I talked about how, you know, if the spirit leads me, you know, back to the church, you know, that's where I will go. And that, you know, spirituality for me, the door is always open. It's not a open and closed shut type, type thing. But <laughs> as I received so many just downloads and so many revelations, I, Christianity is not a practice for me. It, it won't ever be a practice for me. And that's all I'm going to say about that <laughs> at this moment. But I will share with you guys um, further down the line as to why I feel that way. And the, one of the main reasons I feel that way, I'll share this. One of the main reasons I feel that way is because Christianity was never meant for me me as a black woman and I'll leave it at that so moving on to what today's episode is supposed to be about today you guys I want to talk about dependency and how toxic and how draining and how exhausting it is to a relationship whether it's a marriage whether you you're not married, but you guys are in a committed relationship. And even if it's just a friendship, um, it was something that I went through in my own marriage. And I just want to share with you guys, um, how it began for me and how I learned how to heal myself from this and to really go and to really grow and learn how to build a true partnership um my main focus is not so much on the marriage because i truly feel i truly honestly feel like marriage is something that was designed by the government um back in the day, way back in the day, ancient times and things like that, there were um, sacred ceremonies that when you've, you know, decided to become a, a, uh, a union. And I think if I could do it all over again, I would not have put so much emphasis on marriage. Um, I would have put more emphasis on what it means to have a true partner and that true aspect of partnership and um because 
I think sometimes when you think about marriage, a lot of people's mind immediately goes to like having the wedding and saying those vows and to death do us apart and what society deems marriage is. And I know some people go the go the biblical route of what the new of what the New Testament says it is and I'm not even about that. So um I I think in about two, three years, my fifteen fifteen hold on one second. Okay. Two thousand eight uh, I got married. So this year we would be twelve years married. Okay, yeah, so this year will make twelve years of me being married and I told my husband that I wanted to actually have a wedding for our 15th because we never really had a wedding so I'm thinking that I want it to be more of like a a very sacred ceremony that truly under that truly honors us as individuals and us bringing that individuality and forging it together and not sure how I want to do that, but that's, you know, that's where my mindset is on that. But back to what I was talking about is that I think when people talk about how the divorce rate is so high, I think a lot of it has to do with how society views marriage. And let's not forget that, um, a lot of people base their marriage off of religion. And so, sad to say, a lot of people will stay in toxic, just terrible relationships because of religion. And so, it brings me... So, when I had to really sit with myself and really be like, oh, no, 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 this is not this marriage is not healthy this is not what our this is not what we wanted our union to be about you know it 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 took it took me a while because nobody ever really wants to admit that they are the problem okay like i understand it it takes two for a marriage to truly crumble but i had to own up to my own part and why at the beginning of my marriage it was not healthy it was so unhealthy it was so toxic and i mean i know part of it was the fact that we got married when we were 19 years old we were still babies we we didn't know ourselves and trying to grow within a marriage while still you know staying true to yourself is hard when you don't even know who who you are you know so it's like you have two lost people married and trying to also raise a child it is like you're setting yourself up for for disaster especially if you did not have the um you did not see what a healthy relationship looked like growing up so getting back to what codependency I got my notes here, I did some research, and I wanted to really explain to you guys 
what code what codependency is and how do we get out of codependency and get to a more healthy um true partnership so the definition of codependency is excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner so for me that was my story okay growing up what i saw i did not see a a healthy what i would deem as a truly healthy relationship or a true or a true partnership um what i saw was um i i had and you know this is all from a child perspective and you know when you're a child how you view things is totally different than how maybe my dad and my mom view things because they were the adults they were the ones married and i'm sure there were conversations that were going on behind the scenes that i didn't know anything about but as a child you know child ch children are very very impressionable about you know what they see so for me what I saw was I saw one parent which was my dad who was the affectionate one and my mother who was not um, she I felt like she did what was expected of her and she was not truly herself or felt like she could be herself or she probably felt like she, you know this was her duty she had to be the mom she had I mean and th there was five of us so she had to raise these five kids and it wasn't until that I got older and I got married and I really thought because you guys I did not have a really good relationship with my mom and to this day it's not where I want to be but it is better um and as I got older and I got married, it wasn't until then that I, I I would that I sat and I wondered from her perspective of what is it that she wanted to do? Why didn't she go for it? Was there did she feel like she couldn't because she, she would be shamed? You know, especially with her her role in the church. Um, but before she did decide to step away from the church. Um, what you know i used to think did she not feel like she would be supported from my dad or you know there were just so many questions that i had that i never truly thought about you know when i was a child and so looking at their relationship my mom i mean my mom was the type that would cook every single night like she cooked meals like full course meals there was no eating out i didn't know what that was you know every now and then we would you know go out but it wasn't like a regular thing my mom about 80 percent well about 90 percent of the time would cook and you know she would clean she would make sure me and my sister's hair were done you know she did i feel like what was expected of her now i got a totally different glimpse of my mother when my parents divorced so now with it just being my mom my mom was more as as a sole parent she wasn't much of a disciplinarian um but you know she did fuss a lot 
but she she was very strong with her words her words could cut very deep and i don't think she um had the emotional intelligence to understand how her words affected me and my sisters and my brother when we were younger and because my mother was not the type that you know would be the one to be like you know i love you um or that would you know just hug you or that would you know ask you how your day was she she i don't know if she was incapable of doing that but that wasn't the type of person that she was and i and let me say this by saying i don't fault you know i don't blame her for anything I've forgiven my mother for a lot of things a long time ago and I have nothing but love and respect for her and I I wish her nothing but the best and and I realized that she could only do the best that she could given her own history of you know possibly how she was raised or the things that she had went through that I know nothing about so you know I honor her and I respect that. With that being said, growing up, seeing her from being the almost like sole parent, because I lived, you know, I lived with her along with my siblings. And my mom is a true delegator. Let me tell you, you come in, in our house, she will put you to work. <laughs> she could meet you for the first time. And she will have you doing stuff like you've been living there for years. She has a way of um, going in and just taking charge. That's just the type of person that she is. And so what happened was when I got married, I became my mother in that aspect, not in the emotionally unattached. I, I didn't have that problem, but my problem became where I felt like I had to delegate everything. I, I was the one that had to fix everything. I was the one that had to take charge and do this and do that. And no, nope, this was how this was going to go. And I, I, by doing that, I didn't realize at the time, but by doing that, I was diminishing my husband and who he was as a person. So what happened was, for me, I put myself in um, a codependent position. I also, in the beginning stages of our marriage, I was a stay-at-home mom for majority of our marriage. And I poured myself into my marriage and into my children because I thought that's what you're supposed to do my identity became them and when that happens it it's very very toxic very very unhealthy and so by doing that i became the parasite this was a parasitic relationship i was drawing all of my emotional strength from my husband I expected him to know how I was thinking without me even telling him how I was thinking. I expected him to um, do things without me having to ask. I, I, ex 
You know, I expected a return on everything I did for him, whether it was cooking, whether it was cleaning, all these things that I felt like, you know, I did, I always felt like, well, I did this, you should be doing this for me, you should be doing, and that's not how a healthy marriage works. And then it, it formed to the point to where whenever I did have a desire to maybe go shopping for myself, I couldn't do that without guilt attached to it. I always felt guilty whenever I would try to do anything for myself because I had poured so much of myself into them that there was like nothing left for me. And that was, that was, when I think about it, I like to really sit with the fact that I was a big part of why our marriage was so just unhealthy in the beginning, you know, it, it was like a punch in the gut. <laughs> I can barely even, you know, get the right words to really describe, you know, how I feel when you realize that it was you. But the important part is to, once you realize something and you know how to do something better, do it. And so that's what I did. I had to practically detach from the host, <laughs> from this parasitic relationship, which was my husband, and I had to allow him to be him. I had to go from a codependent type of relation to a uh, type of relationship to a interdependent relationship and an interdependent is a relationship where there is mutual benefit okay um it is true partnership it is where you both understand and you realize that in order for this relationship to grow you're going to need each other but you respect each other as individuals. I shouldn't say but, I should say and. You need each other and you respect each other as individuals. Okay? Because so many people, they meet this person, right? You meet this person, you guys been dating, you guys fall in love, and then you guys get married, but then when you get married, you're upset with the things that he does and you want him to change, but it's like, you did not want him to change while you were dating. You was fine with all those things and who this person was while you were dating. So why do you think things are supposed to change when you get married? Things only change when a person decides for themselves that they feel like maybe a certain behavior is toxic or maybe something that they do is just not helpful they did, then they decide for themselves that they want to change. So that's what I had to learn. And because I did not have that understanding and growing up understanding the importance of, of, your, of being an individual, right? 
um, I basically lost myself by having my identity within my family. So once I realized this, it was hard. The detachment was hard because what happens is when you're in a codependent mindset, you don't understand that it's not black and white. So I had this mindset of thinking like, okay, well, I need to be independent. And the truth of the matter is when you're in a partnership, you truly can't be solely independent. It's not going to work. You just can't cut away and be like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to da 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 Like you can't do that because you are in a true partnership. I mean, I'm sorry, you're not in a true partnership, but you're in a, um, a relationship. So what I had to learn was I had to, um, keep the lines of communication open between me and my husband, letting him know about the different changes and things that I were, that, that I was making within myself as I was continuing to grow and learn more about myself. And he 100% supportive of me. And I, same thing with me. I'm 100% supportive of him. I don't try to change him. I don't try to make him to do anything that he does not want to do. I love him for the person that he is, the person that he presents to me. Now, if one of the major things of going from a codependent relationship to a interdependent relationship is boundaries. I did not understand the importance of boundaries. Like you guys, you have to have boundaries. You, you have to know what is your red line? What is that final no? Because if you do not have boundaries, you will be willing to put up with anything and everything and you will be drained, exhausted, and you will be in a place where there's no growth. Okay? For me, I know my relationship with my husband is a purposeful relationship because of the constant growth that we continue to make. There should be a constant growth, constant growth. He's my cheerleader. I'm his cheerleader. There is accountability. He holds me accountable to the, to, to the, to the standards that I set for myself and that I hold him accountable to the standards that he set for himself. Okay. One of the important things that I had to learn how to do, and I know some people may disagree with me on is I got rid of expectations. Okay. Expectations to me is 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 so terrible because what you expect is coming from your own perception so you're basically trying to take boundaries and place them on somebody else and you can't do that because that person has their own their own ideals their own thoughts their own feelings and so based upon that, they set those boundaries for themselves. So you shouldn't be so um, caught up on ex expectations. 
I'm a type of person where the person you present to me is the person that I'm going to um, deal with. And, well, not deal with, what's the right word? The person that, that you present to me is how I'm going to continue to treat you as. Unless spiritually, you know, I feel something off and I'm like, mm, you know, my dis my discernment kicks in. I'm just like, nah. But I'm not expecting this person to be like this or this person to be like that because ex expectations only breeds disappointments. The more you expect somebody to be a certain way or expect something to go i mean honestly guys how many times have you expected for um something to happen and it does not go a hundred percent the way that you want it to it happens all the time however what i can do is honor the place that the person is in in this moment Honor their boundaries that they set for themselves. And move from there. Now, there was something I found. I found this chart. I had found this chart on Reddit. And it talked about, it gave like, um, it gave four different scenarios of what a codependent mindset is and how you can go from that codependent mindset to a more boundary led mindset okay so first scenario i see you're mad and it must be and it must be my fault a lot of codependent thinkers tend to think that when if their partner is upset it's because of them it's because they did something when First of all, it's very narcissistic to think. But in all actuality, once again, that person is an individual. That person still has their own experiences. Something could have happened at the job. They could have just gotten a phone call. They could be dealing with something internally that you don't know anything about. Don't just assume that they're upset at you. So from that thinking, now a boundary-led more type of thinking would think like this I see that you're mad do you need to talk later so you're acknowledging this person's emotions and then offering support if they need it so that way you're not suffocating this person you're not trying to make this person tell you what's wrong and and just to make you feel emotionally a better just you know that is not healthy so and so when you see someone that is upset your partner think about hey do you want to talk about it i see that you're upset do you want to talk if not move on another scenario Codependent thinking. I will help you now, even though you are wrestling with your own needs, resentments, and exhaustions. That is one of the biggest. 
where your spouse comes to you, right? They they need your help with something. And you know what? This may not even be a spouse. This could be your, your so-called best friend. This could be any type of relationship where they come to you and they need your help with a certain situation and you are dealing with a lot at the moment. But because you have now put your emotional... Um, you, you have now put your emotions and your identity into this person. You have to run to their beck and call. And I know people have heard this saying before, but you cannot pour anything from an empty cup. Okay? But the boundary type thinker would say this. I want to help you, but I have limits. Simple. Like, listen, I love you, and I see that you're going through something, but I'm not in an emotional, an emotionally um, stable place to give you the support that you need right now. Okay. Another codependent thinking scenario. How can I fix or save you? Ladies, we can't fix a man. We can't save a man. Men, you can't save these women. You can't fix these women. Okay. My grandmother has this, uh, she used to have this quote hanging up in her beauty salon that says the only men that you can change are the ones wearing diapers okay that is a very codependent type of thinking instead you should say or not what you should say but what you should do is I see that you are dealing with something really painful and because I am your partner and because I took you know I took this vow to be there for you I will sit in this discomfort with you being that support meaning I'm not going to try to fix the situation I'm not going to try to uh save you or anything like that but we're going to sit in this together I will sit here I will hold your hand say versus like if your partner was um excuse me I drink my tea Say, for instance, if your partner just recently lost someone that was close that was close to them. It is not your job to try to play counselor, to try to play the grief counselor. It is your job to be there for the support, to, to, to hold your partner when they cry, to just take a walk maybe down down by the beach or just on the, out in, on the on the sidewalk. No words need to be spoken, but to let your presence be felt. This is a time, if you ever are in a situation where you feel like you think that you need to save somebody or fix someone, that is not the type of mindset you need to be taking on at the moment. Your focus at that point should, your presence should be felt more so than your words should be heard. Okay, your presence should be felt 
more so than words being heard. So this is a time he may he or she may not want to talk, but I bet you he or she will appreciate you just sitting there, sitting in that discomfort, sitting in that quietness. Possibly just put on some 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 music and you just sit there and you hold your partner. You soothe your partner. And if you feel like you do have to say anything, let it be words of affirmations, words that uplift this person. Letting this person know that they are not alone. That you are there. Okay? Last scenario of a codependent thinking. I don't want to risk losing or upsetting you. So I'll just put my feelings to the side. Baby. This was something that I did so much. But for me... I can only hold certain things in for so long before I just kind of like blow up like the true tourist that I am. But, but yeah, so it's like, I know there's probably many of you who don't want to truly share how they feel or if something is truly bothering you to your core and that you would just not say anything at all and just continue to put up with put up with put up with you're basically the human spiritual garbage can and nothing's being like there's there's no movement as far as you getting that emotional emotional release that you need and I know that for me, because I had my identity in my husband, I, I tried to hold on so close to my husband and I didn't want to say anything that would upset or hurt him so that way I can keep a part of, a part of what I made myself close. That's not healthy. Now, there is a difference between nagging and communicating, okay? Nagging over something that, this is what I say nagging is. Nagging to me is something that you knew that this person did before you got married, so now you're constantly on a butt constantly about something that they always done that you were okay with before y'all got married but now all of a sudden you're not okay with case in point playing video games you were you were okay with it back when y'all was dating but now it's 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 getting on your nerves so you're constantly saying something you always on that game. Oh, why you spend no time with me? Blah 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 blah. 
And listen, I get it. You guys have to spend time with each other. But this was the person he was before you married him. So why are you getting upset? Here's a way that, that you could fix that. Join him. Play a video game with him. Even if you're someone who don't like video games, try it. You never know. Go shopping together and find a game that you possibly could like and you guys could turn it into like some really cute little competition. Just saying. Or if you want to spend time, if you're worried about spending time with each other, get a calendar. Put the date of when you feel like, okay, this is the date. This is me and you. I want to go here. Set like set times and dates for you guys. This is the date that we're going to do stuff. This is the date that we're going to do that. This, that, and the third. And that way, you got your time with your boo. And he got his time with his video games. Another scenario. You might need to find you a hobby. If you're constantly, constantly worried about him on a video game, constantly... Once again, something that he was already doing before you guys got married or before you guys decided to move in together. Find you a hobby. Find something that you love to do. See, though, these are things that if you... You have to kind of be more resourceful. Wouldn't you rather him be playing video games than him out there doing God know what? I mean, I'm just saying. Pick your battles. Now, when it comes to um, putting your feelings aside about certain things, like these certain things could be maybe he's exhibiting toxic behaviors. Maybe when you guys get into an argument, he shuts down. And that's not okay, and you really need to learn how to like both you guys communicate, then okay, expect, like express yourself. Maybe he does something or says something that to you is disrespectful or it crosses a line, but instead of you saying something about it, you don't want to say something and then he, you know, be like, well, I don't, I don't know, and then he just leaves. At the end of the day, if he, if he walks out that door, then he walks out that door. But the boundary-led thinker would say, I can respect your feelings and still honor my own. So he could feel like him taking on this second job is what's best for the family financially. However, you could have a feeling where okay, you taking on this second job is just going to cut away from us spending time as a family and and then down the long, down the, you know, down the road, it could have a negative impact on our marriage. And for you, respecting your boundary is the boundary of making sure that we don't become so consumed with our jobs or careers we forget each other and if that is a boundary for you 
that is something that you would have to communicate to your partner. And the best time to communicate is not when you're riled up because if you're riled up and you're, nobody's going to hear anything. I had to learn that too. Before I went to my husband to sit down and have a conversation with him, I had to take a step back, evaluate what is that I wanted to say, and then go to him and have this conversation. Now, and then I, I, I had to be okay with whatever response he gives me. That's another thing. A lot of times we are not okay with the response. We get upset because it's not the response that we want. And once again, you can't change someone. You can't change how a person thinks or their mindset. Now, I've I've learned that if I'm going to have a really deep and heavy conversation with my husband, I can't expect a response back immediately. It's going to take him about a day or two to kind of process it and sit with it. But you know, before we continue to, you know, move forward with whatever decision or solution we end up coming up with based off the conversation. And then that's another thing. There's, you know, if you're going to go down the path of, you know, having a deep conversation, sharing your feelings, sharing your boundaries, you're going to have to have patience as well. So with that being said, I hope you guys learned um, from my own experiences about the toxicity of codependency and how unhealthy it is. And my prayer is that if you guys are in these types of relationships, that you will do the work to um, either un unattach yourself from your host if if you're the parasite or have an honest conversation with the person that is the parasite in your relationship so that way the relationship can now form into a true partnership so i wish you all the best and as always if you want to reach out to me and talk to me, you can through my Gmail. It's the goddess, not, I'm sorry, it's goddesscouch at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram, the goddess couch. And also, I am still accepting prayer requests. If you have anything that you want me to pray for you about you can send this prayer request through goddesscouch at gmail.com through my dm the goddess couch or there will be a link in the episode description where you can also leave a voice message this voice message does not have to be a prayer request if you just want to say hey or tell me how it is that i'm doing by all means. I love you all. I appreciate you guys' support. And I am constantly praying for every single one of you guys. 
and I just ask that you do the same for me and my family. And as always, until next time.